0: You're listening to the St. Mark's Podcast for July 12, 2020, the sixth Sunday after Pentecost. Today's sermon was given by the Reverend Elizabeth Garnsey. It's based on Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, and 18 through 23. Like a lot of other people, I spent more time in my own backyard during this past spring and early summer than I ever have before. Being only a novice gardener, I've experienced a new appreciation for digging in the ground and planting and tending flowers. One cardinal lesson in the last few months came to me from my mother. She told me the correct word for what I plant seeds in is soil, not dirt. Dirt is dead. Soil is alive. Dirt is what clings to our shoes and gets under our fingernails when we're done digging in soil. But soil contains an entire ecosystem that is critical for life. It filters water, holds waste, and even provides many potent antibiotics that help us fight disease. Soil is itself a biodiverse habitat for mice, groundhogs, worms, and billions of organisms. In fact, there are more living organisms in a cupful of soil than there are people on this planet. Not least of all, soil is the basis of the world's agriculture that provides us with food and fiber and fuel. It is the dust of which we are made and the dust to which we return. So when a sower goes out to sow and a full three-quarters of the seeds get tossed out onto the sidewalk or on rocks or among thorns, we're talking about a sower who doesn't appear to know much about soil. This parable defies direct interpretation. If you read it carefully, one minute, the seeds are the words of God. The next minute, they are the disciples. And the next minute, the disciples are the conditions of the soil. And who knows what or whom the sower represents? It's as if Jesus invites us to toss around some of our interpretations like seeds and watch how they land differently for each listener. The default for many Christians interpreting Jesus parables is to assume that one of the players is one of the characters is always played by God and to assume God is always in the role of master or king or father or in this case maybe the sower in this parable even the sower even if the sower cares deeply about his seeds he's not worrying much about where his seeds get tossed or what happens to them when they land A strange analogy for a sower, much less for God. But Jesus was never in the business of giving direct answers to life's hard questions. Much like a farmer cultivating fertile soil by turning it over, Jesus uses parables to cultivate the soil of human hearts, to make them fertile for growth. His teaching churns up his listeners' deepest feelings and sometimes our visceral reactions. His parables pique our conscience or offend our sensibilities to make us question our limited assumptions about God or about ourselves. In another gospel, Jesus says, Know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If we can't see the truth about ourselves, we simply are not free to become fully alive. We are like those places where weeds choke the plants. Many times throughout our lives, the seeds of wisdom or love are tossed our way and we're just, they're not able to take root in our hearts. Maybe we're too afraid or traumatized by past events or too hardened by loss or rejection to receive good news or to receive love. Until we do the work of facing our pains and fears, the dry, rocky matter of our lives, we can't grow much beyond them. Another point of Jesus' parable of the sower might be directed to his disciples, that no matter how hard we work to share the love of God with others, a lot of what we give will not be well-received. We might be made to feel like a fool or like we're wasting our energy. Yet if we as disciples of Jesus are the sowers in this story, It's not really up to us what happens to the seeds of love and good news. Our job is simply to toss them as far and wide as we can and trust that some will fall on good soil. Another way I have thought about the careless sower in this story is as neither a person nor God, but as the personification of life's random nature. The sower might represent the reality that life includes a lot of loss and waste, but the stuff that comes to life is sufficient for us. Even the smallest seed buried in some good soil can grow into something magnificent, even life-sustaining. So much of our circumstances are brought about by an accident of our birth or caused by human violence or natural disaster or increasing disorder in the universe, a global pandemic, a stock market crash, illness, aging, dying, We can't control most of these things. Mostly they are the inevitable changes and chances of this life. But our inner life is the soil we rely on to cultivate and grow the ways of love and trust and strength to face whatever life throws our way. In the parable, the small amount of seed that falls on good soil manages to produce 30, 60, 100 fold of what was sown. One of my seminary professors, Fred Borsch, the late former bishop of Los Angeles, pointed out how realistic this parable is. Only one in millions of sperm will create a single human being. Billions of stars are out there, but maybe only one or relatively few give way to conscious life. Nature's God seems utterly extravagant and profligate, he said. This parable resonates when we think of the human condition and all the ways loss and waste or growth and gain make up the natural order of things. We can't always understand the full value of everything that appears unnecessary or inconsequential or even wasteful in life. We only see things from our limited perspective. I think God perhaps is the seeds in this parable, turning up everywhere even where God is least expected or most unwelcome, hoping to take root, promising to flourish and bring life if the soil is there. And so, despite all of our problems, despite all of life's suffering, there are grounds for hope in every situation. Because God is with us, even when God's presence is more of an ephemeral mystery than it is tangibly, visibly present. The seeds of life and growth possibility itself are all around us even in the scorchiest thorniest rockiest places there's a seed of God's presence waiting to sprout like a blade of grass breaking through a crack in the sidewalk life is ever-evolving creation is ongoing growth happens beauty can be present even in the midst of loss and waste and even if not especially in the midst of suffering what will we do with the seeds that we are given? This challenge remains for us in whatever very real sufferings or losses we are dealt. What soil do we cultivate in our hearts to prepare for challenging times? This pandemic has presented many of us with some very difficult situations beyond the collective commercial and social shutdown. I've spoken with many people over the last months who have personally endured the worst challenges of the pandemic? Families who include a healthcare worker who daily risks their well being on the front lines. Others who've lost loved ones and not been able to say goodbye in, pres- in person or give them a proper burial. Parents who've all but lost their minds while homeschooling and working full time jobs. I have been inspired by so many people's solemn strength, good humor and hopeful persistence or ability to adjust their expectations. They renew my soul by their examples. And simultaneously, our country is coming to terms with the pandemic of deeply ingrained racism that has cost hundreds of thousands of people their lives and livelihoods over many generations. Our systems are broken, and the challenge of fixing them can feel insurmountable. I've been listening to many stories and testimonies of black and brown people who are speaking out not only for justice, but healing in our country and leading us into many hidden and painful truths about our nation's history. These are people nurturing the seeds of hope and wisdom in the good soil of being open and honest, while also forgiving and hopeful. Even in the face of history's darkest chapters and thorniest places and even before long-term solutions have been found. Remembering those seeds that fall on the good soil in Jesus' parable, I pray that the racial conversations that take place across towns and cities and states and among friends and churches and schools and at the highest level of the government will grow to 30, 60, and 100-fold in their life-giving outcomes. I pray that they will bring about the transformation of our whole nation into a place of peace and prosperity for all who call it home. And returning to our individual lives, just as a teaspoon of good soil contains an entire ecosystem, so we ourselves are each a microcosm of the macro universe. Our lives contain some places that are dark and cold, or shallow and vulnerable to temptation, distraction, or the lures of wealth and greed. Our lives contain some places that are fearful, hardened, and unreceptive to change. But we also have some beautiful places within us that are fertile and available to love and forgiveness, growth and maturity. God is present in every one of these places, in all of our rocky, hardened areas, as well as the rich and ready landscapes of our lives. We almost never have a choice about the storms life will send our way. But we always have a choice as to how we will respond to them. We always have a choice about whether we will let the seeds of growth and life be choked by fear and distraction, withered by resentment or bitterness, or whether we will let them take root in us, even in the smallest patch of healthy soil to be found within our hearts. Our hope lies in the fact that no matter the randomness of life, the seeds of God's presence and are extravagant and profligate, falling into every crevice and corner and able to be found everywhere in our lives. And the choices we make determine the health of the soil in our lives to grow those seeds. And when we make the choice to be open to possibility of life and hope and trust, even the smallest seed can produce the fruits of goodness beyond our wildest imaginations. Amen. You can find more sermons on our website at www.stmarksnewcanon.org.